I, I, I don't even know what to liken it to. They started to do a sexy dance. I used to think you were like a hot mom, and now I think you're a kind of uh, attention-starved mom. My body's going... You can't sit here, man. You can't sit here. You can't sit here. Hey, it's Dan Class. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's Dan. Cl- Hi. Uh, this is a podcast. Th- this is not a podcast. Oh God. Let's not. Let's not get. On, get uh, let's not get into that tangent. Already. Whether or not this is a podcast, because there's some there's some group that are claiming that they. What is it that they they claim they own the co- uh, the not even the copyright the patent. The patent on the technology that is podcasting. And I think what it means is that it, it, at some point, and I think it was after the actual invention of podcasting, but at some point some yahoos got together and typed up some, typed up, I'm sorry, I, I got too amped up high. This is Dan Class. I'm in my garage under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. I have to go pick up my children in one hour. And until then, we will be discussing the following. Apparently, podcasting. That sound was the dog. Uh, some big fancy gala that I went to, and then um, me trying to get a job. Okay, that's what we're going to discuss. And uh, I didn't, I, w- I wasn't going to discuss the podcasting thing, but then I said it before, and I'm, I don't want to go back and restart the show without saying it. But apparently, some guys, and I assume it's guys, some people, some Americans. And I hope it's not the same idiots that are from my hometown of Fairport, New York. My supposed hometown. My, my soon-to-be, potentially soon-to-be former hometown. Um, they theoretically, supposedly, quote-unquote, patented podcasting. But, and by which I mean they patented this... They, they claim they have a patent on any series. <laughs> and I hope I have this wrong. Do you understand? I hope I have this so insanely wrong that what I'm saying to you is absolutely nonsense. Because it's going to sound like nonsense. What I'm going to say is going to sound like nonsense. What I'm saying is what the nonsense I'm about to say, it is going to sound like nonsense. I just hope that it's not right. I hope that I'm recalling and or understanding the situation incorrectly. But I believe the situation is some numbskulls got together and they typed up some legal document. And they all signed it and patted each other on the back. And it said, we own the, the technology whereby anyone uh, distributes a uh, series of audio or video uh, episodes via the Internet. Period. And I'm not even sure that this supposed legal document mentions RSS, which is kind of the backbone, the technological backbone of how podcasting works, how, how the episodes are delivered to iTunes or whatever pod catcher you're using. No, it could have. It could. This, this document of theirs, this supposed claim, it could include RSS. But I, as someone who has literally written the history books on this topic, I find it absolutely fascinating that anyone can kind of patent troll like this, patent troll like this, with something something so flimsy. 
And we have a real problem in this country with patent trolling in that everyone... Uh, how do, where, where do you even begin? This is too big a topic for my brain, trust me. But basically, these guys are trying to st- like squeeze the successful podcasters, and trust me, there's nothing to worry about here. But they're going to podcasters that, that, that are making money and they're squeezing them for, I don't even know what, some kind of podcasting licensing fee? Are you serious? If we should be paying anyone, it should be Adam Curry and Dave Weiner, whom we're not. Right? We're not. Because wouldn't that mean anyone that, that puts anything on YouTube that lasts more than two episodes is also doing the same thing? Should we all just move to... I, I don't understand. I don't want to know. I don't know. I don't want to know. If you know more about it, let me know. I have to look this up. No, I really don't because it doesn't affect me because this show has become such a failure and my horribly... My, my mismanagement of this program has really destroyed it. So luckily, I am free of concern of someone coming in and trying to squeeze me for money because there's no money. Now, what I really was going to talk about is, so uh, I didn't record last week because, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the play my son was in apparently too. I forgot to include that in the agenda for today. So in the agenda today is the play, then the gala that I went to with my wife, and then me looking for a job, I think in that order. I have a little, uh, yeah, I don't feel well. See, I haven't felt well the last couple of days. Um, and when I say days, it's almost been a week now, I suppose, in one way or another. So my, my see, my, my son was in a play. Actually, he, he's in eighth grade and his entire grade was in a play that they put on last week, last Wednesday. And what happened was, um, you know, his entire grade that's about 50 people, 51 kids, something in that neighborhood. And at one point, their theater teacher, whom I love and respect, and, you know, I would run away with her. I'm just saying. I, I, I don't mean that literally, although I do, but I would run away with her. So I'm just saying that I do like his theater teacher, so don't take anything I'm going to say in 10 minutes to mean I don't like his theater teacher. I really like her. I do. So she decided that um, it was too difficult to find a play written by someone else that had 51 parts, which, as you can imagine, your average person does not sit down and go, how can I write a play that has as many parts as there are cards in a deck of cards minus one? No one does that. No one in their right mind would, would I mean, do you, who would need that many people to tell a story on a stage, please God? Honestly, in my opinion, any more than about three or four, and you're pushing it. Unless there's a chorus, and then forget it. So so their theater teacher um, got, uh, she and her husband, I know she's married, I know, I didn't need to know that either. So she and her husband um, got together and wrote a play for the eighth grade to perform. And they've been rehearsing it. Can you hear me swallowing? I know it's disgusting. I know. I, if, if humans, just, if I, if I could somehow develop some means by which I would never have to swallow while we're recording, and what, what is it about doing this that makes me need to salivate? It's gross. So, so she and her husband write this play, and they've been rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing. So Wednesday was the performance. 
And so my son, how does this work? So my son was at school rehearsing and I had to take Tulu, my daughter, to her dance class. And so she had dance and then she wasn't going to stay for her normally second dance class because we had to go to the play. So I pull her out of ballet and we go over to this place that I haven't thought of a, an alias for, but they sell a lot of really healthy kind of whole foods, not processed foods, not, it's called not processed, not right. We went to not processed foods where they sell a lot of whole foods and um, we got pizza. Okay. She got a couple slices of pepperoni pizza at not, not processed foods. And I got the, um, what was it? Barbecue chicken pizza, which I know, I know. I should go to hell for that. And, and maybe that's where we're going with this story. Maybe that's, okay. This this is, yeah, I've just, I've just answered my own question. I was about to tell you about a 20-minute story and wonder why that happened, had to happen to me, but I'm answering the question right now, which is she had pepperoni pizza and I had a slice of barbecue chicken pizza, which is pizza with chicken on it that has barbecue sauce instead of tomato sauce. And then my other slice was turkey sausage, not sausage, not pork sausage, like a normal American married to an Italian woman would, right? No, I ate a slice of turkey sausage because again, we're eating it not processed foods. So they don't have pork sausage. They have turkey sausage. And so I ate barbecue chicken and whatever. So we eat that, and then we go out to the car, and literally on the way to the car, my stomach's going, oh, you did not do that. And large, basically my intestines are filling with air. They're becoming, I assume in your body, your intestines look like you imagine intestines looking like, right? You see intestines in a movie. They kind of look like normal intestines. I feel like my normal intestines are just becoming like dripping balloons inside my body. And my, right, I feel this bloating and filling with methane gas. And I'm wondering, wow, wow I just, oh, I just ate that like literally 10 seconds ago. I'm not even to the car and I already feel like I want to die. So we rushed to the play. And now, of course, our idea of rushing to the play is I, I, so we're driving home. Now, the, pl the plan was to not go home. The plan was to go from uh, not processed foods straight. And I, I know I, I got to think of a better name for that. Whole Farms. Okay. It's called Whole Farms. There we go. So we're going to go from Whole Farms straight to the show at the school. But because the turkey meatball or uh, sausage is battling it out with the turk the chicken barbecue chicken are you not supposed to mix your fowl is that is that the problem that i've created in my digestive tract at this point is that i have mixed warring factions of fowl in my belly the sausage shaped turkey in the barbecue basted chicken are having some sort of feud Well, so we're supposed to go straight to school. And I realize I don't, because this is not going well. And so I realize I really 
should have with me some migraine medicine because this is not going to go well. I, I can just feel this is going to be one of those nights where I'm supposed to be doing something fun and family-tastic, and I'm not. I'm going to have a headache, and I'm going to be in the restroom begging and pleading for my life. So we stop home, and I, I say to my daughter, no, sweetie pie, I'm just going to run in. I'm going to get some migraine medicine, maybe a zone bar or whatever, and then I'm going to run back out, and we're going to go. And she says, well, okay, maybe I'll just change my shirt, <laughs> which means, right, okay. Because if you change your shirt, you have to change your skirt. And if you put your skirt and your shirt on, you might as well change your shoes because you'd look so much better with the high-heeled shoes. And then your hair really isn't put together as much as the rest of your clothing is and your shoes. So now the hair needs <laughs> So we're running late. We're running late. And we're running late. So we zoom to school. We zoom in. The audience is there. The place is already packed. There's almost nowhere to sit. Now, I had been to the show. I had seen the show in the morning. And I sat way stage left, audience right, way hard over there. Which was really good for videotaping uh, Hudson's scene because of just the way the scene is set up and angled and he was facing pretty much that direction and he's a main player if not the main player in his little scene it's kind of a series of scenes and he's right okay so we go over there and um or we go we go in and the audience like i say is already there and my daughter and i head kind of whatever reason instinctively over that direction now, I realize, though, that a couple things are at play here. Number one, I've already shot from there, so there's really no need to shoot from there. And my wife is going to meet us, and if we're not near the front, even though we're late, it doesn't, doesn't really matter, she's going to give me hell. Because she does not like my explanation that I like to videotape from further back so I can stand up and move around. She doesn't like that. She cannot accept that. It's been 10 years. 10 years of videotaping children... 15 years almost of videotape, right? It's not acceptable for some reason. I have to figure out how to videotape from where she thinks I should be. Kill me now. So I'm sort of feeling guilty that we're going to shoot from essentially the same exact seat that I sat in in the morning. But we are close to the stage. So it will actually appease my wife. But... As we're walking to those seats and I'm figuring, you know what, I don't need to videotape. If we're going to sit here, I don't need to videotape again. I've already got it. That's great. I can just sit and enjoy the show. And we're sitting, we're about to sit on those seats and we walk through what feels like a diaper full of meatball sandwich with pickle with pickles and grilled. I don't know what. Somebody is just eating something. I don't know what it is. I don't know where it is. I'm looking around like, why are you people all acting so normal? Someone has obviously sprayed half-masticated Italian food all over this. What is happening around here? And everyone's acting perfectly normally. But my body's going, you can't sit here, man. You can't sit here. Someone is dining right in this little area here you can't because you're gonna okay you, you run so i say well honey 
should we let's try to find someplace else so she says okay well let's go over way over there to the other side and i'm like okay <laughs> so we go way stage right audience left and we we find some chairs right in the front row that are empty all like right in the front right next to some guy in a wheelchair now he does not look well and i look at him and i say are these seats taken and he does not respond and i kind of look around to the other people that are sitting behind him like are you guys anybody with me here on this are these seats taken are you i just asked the guy in the wheelchair i does someone must belong to him someone must have pushed him in here like are you can anyone no nothing okay so no one objects to us sitting there and so we sit down and we save a seat for my wife and as soon as i sit down it kind of gets settled and my stomach kind of levels out i realize that we are so far audience left stage right that we will never be able to see my son ever so at some point either we're going to have to move or i'm going to have to move somebody's going to have to move somebody's going to have to move so my wife shows up now at this point my wife had been out of town for four or five days and she has literally come from the airport to the show so she sits down hi hi and she's smooching up the first thing i say to her these seats suck i know they suck i know these seats suck and i know they suck so let's just get it right out now my dear i love you these seats suck to which of course she replies yeah they do so i say well you should move you guys should just move because when it's time for hudson i'm going to get up and i'm going to go to the back and i'm going to videotape from there so i can kind of get a good angle on him without being all the way over to the other side of the room and so they kind of scope things out and i don't know if my wife does this to to maximize i gotta tune up here to maximize my anxiety she never moved she never moved. There was a seat there. There were two seats there. There were a couple seats in between her and him. She never moved through the whole show. I don't think she ever moved. And someday we'll be fighting. And somehow that will be used against me. That's in her quiver. And it's going to stay there for as long as it takes. So eventually we've sent through enough of the show and, um, my son's scene is coming up and I move to the back with the camera and the monopod and whatnot and my stomach's going burble burble and still producing methane gas and I'm just waiting and listen I don't want to, I don't okay I, I don't mean to get too graphic here and I'm, and I'm not going to get too graphic but the really bad thing about your body overproducing methane gas because of whole farms pizza when you're at a school play is that apparently whoever bought the chairs for the school play in an effort to get nicer chairs and chairs that would not create an atmosphere of heat and discomfort they got chairs where the seats and back are mesh so you cannot trap any 
right? You cannot release and trap. There's no option of release and trap and wait and like hope for slow denim filtered, right? Dispersion. It is an immediate just like out and then everything is just out in the open and it's out and that's it. It's through the seat and it's on the loose and it's bad. It's really bad. But luckily I'm sitting next to an octogenarian in a wheelchair who does not seem to respond to English who I am hoping I can blame that smell on. So every time I wait a couple seconds and then I look over to him like, oh man. So Hudson scene is coming up and I'm standing in the back And I and and someone taps me on the shoulder, and it's Jenica. You know Jenica, Jenica from um, Safety Not Guaranteed. Jenica, my friend, the actress, Jenica. And she's like, "Hi, how are you doing? Hey, your son was so great this morning." I'm like, "Oh, you saw that?" And I'm just like, "Please hold it in. Please hold it in. Please hold it in. Please just relax. Don't relax. Don't relax. Don't relax your br- brain." Relax your intestines. Don't relax. Relax most of your... 90% of your body, Dan, should be relaxed. And just try to act normal around Jenica. It's the middle of the show. There's some video playing. It's going to be over any second. And then she'll leave you. So just remain 90% right, relaxed. But then taut that one, right, that 1% to 10%. Keep that done. You know, like not relaxed. Oh, how you doing? Are you getting out on any auditions? Ha ha ha. I just saw you on Netflix. No, yes, I love that movie. Blah, 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 blah. Please, Jenica, go away. I'll call you or something. Now, the play was really good. And especially impressive were the kids for whom uh, acting is not fun. You know what I mean? Like, for some of the kids, they're, I know they're into it and I know they're talented and they get up there and they do their thing and they ham it up and they they swing for the cheap seats and they hit it out of the park and whatever analogy whatever sports analogy you need to understand theater arts that just assume that I have said that they made a layup or they made a three-pointer they hit a home run or glam, glam slam or whatever whatever right thing you need to translate into right right, right Pretend that you saw your kid and his friends win the big game. That's what it was like. Okay, great. Except because I am supposedly an actor, I have to, you know, (laughs) armchair QB this whole thing. (laughs) So I just can't, especially my son's scene. And again, no offense to his lovely, you know, theater teacher, but I'm watching Hudson's scene because I've read it 100,000 times. I've run lines with him over and over and over. Right. I know the script backwards and forwards and then I see it on stage and then and then afterwards I'm just like, why was it like, why did she put him up there? Why wasn't he down there? Why didn't they cross earlier? Because then if they were angry there instead of so kind of just like glib about the whole thing, it would have been so much funnier. And I know you can't do that, but clear indication that Dan needs to either direct something or leave town, right? Either put on a show, do your little thing, whatever, whatever it takes, or just really honestly stop going. Because I'm literally the next day like, Hudson, the whole point of the beginning of your scene was that you were telling campfire stories. Why weren't you sitting around the campfire? 
There was a campfire. You were telling a campfire story. Why were you guys scattered all over the stage? Half of you were standing up. No one stands up in the middle of the night to tell or hear campfire stories. They're called campfire stories because you sit around the campfire. Your teacher wrote a campfire story scene. Why weren't you around the campfire? What's the story? So the next morning I wake up and uh, I kind of feel weird. You know, I was a little gassy the night before and then I slept okay. I felt kind of weird, whatever. And then Melissa and I had a meeting that morning with the head of the kid's school because we wanted to get his advice on uh, a couple of high schools. Hudson had been accepted to a couple of high schools. We wanted to know his opinion of one versus the other and how they would compare this way and that way. And we had this meeting and this meeting was going to be like quarter of eight in the morning. So uh, Melissa goes first because I got to get the kids ready because they can't be on time. And I go in. We have the meeting. The meeting goes fine. And I'm leaving the meeting. And I'm like, oh, you know. Uh, uh, uh. So then we run into our friend Paul. And we're like, hey, Paul, how's it going? So they, so Melissa and Paul start a big chat. And I'm on my way to the car. I got I to gotta go home. And I literally had to say to them, guys, listen, I, I'm going to go now because if I don't, I'm going to throw up on you. And I proceeded to spend the rest of the day lying on the sofa begging that the Lord take my life or laying on the floor of the bathroom naked just saying the word please over and 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 over. Like that. Do you ever get that? Did you do that? Do you, is, this is surely not a new Eaton, you, you, new, unique New York. Uh, this is obviously not a unique experience where you, you know, because you have to be near the toilet. Because you're going to have one of those waves of nausea slash release, whatever it is. Everything's got to get out of your body at once. You're hot and freezing cold. You're sweating and shivering. So I literally... I'm on the floor of the bathroom, which is spotless. After the morning, you know, tornado goes through there. <laughs> I've got my pants. They're off, but they're on the floor. I'm lying on. the So the pants are spread eagle on the floor and I'm spread eagle directly on top of the pants because I feel too crappy to take the time to go get a towel or a larger um, rug of some kind and lay that on the bathroom floor. No, 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 no. I really only have what it takes to just kind of, you know, kick my pant legs until they're straight enough where I can bend my leg into a shape that will mirror the strange shape that the pants are in on the floor. Well, suddenly time is of the essence. So because, right, I, I, no matter what happens, no matter how sick or well I am, at 3.15, I need to go pick up the kids from the school. So I keep telling my because my wife keeps calling and checking on me. I'm, and she's like, well, are you going to be okay to pick up the kids? And I'm like, yeah, I'll... Uh... <laughs> I'll be fine. It's not a it's not a big deal. 
No, it's cool. I'll just go get the kids. It's fine. I can do it. Yeah, it's, we've done this before. <sighs> Please, Lord, take me now. Just let me get to school and back without hurling in the car because I will never get that smell out of the car. So I did. I got I got the kids. And actually, it was the kids plus one. Their friend was with us. Their friend Grace. So the, the idea was I had to pick up the kids, drop Grace off at her house, and I was going to drop Hudson off at our house, then take my daughter to dance. But because I wasn't feeling well, my plan was pray get them, drop off Grace, drop off Hudson, pray, take Tulu, come home. And that's what I ended up doing. I came home so I could just moan on my own sofa instead of just lying in the car in the parking lot of the dance school. But this kind of in some version or another has gone on for days. I'm sick of it. So so then the next day was, you know, less, you know, it was fine-ish. Still didn't feel well. And, and and then that went, and, you know, I don't know. So so now it's sort of evolved into me feeling like I have an ulcer. So I don't feel right. And I don't know if that's from eating, not eating enough or eating too much. See, now I'm, I'm at this phase where I'm trying to, you, you ever try to settle your stomach by eating? I'll just eat a little something. My stomach feel, just feels a little weird. Maybe I'll eat a pretzel or two or 18 or 25 hundred or something, you know, maybe I just a little, do I, should I drink flat water? Uh, should I drink bubbly water? Cause I was drinking bubbly water cause I felt like I was going to, right. And then suddenly my stomach's like enough with the bubbly water. You're killing us. So now, uh, yeah, it's just sort of, oh God, I feel like I'm getting an ulcer. And, and earlier today, I, I, re- I literally did, I think eat half of a jar of those peanut butter filled pretzel nuggets you ever eat those lovely oh they're so lovely they're so lovely but they you you don't stop being filled you just start feeling nauseous and that's your cue to stop eating it's not satisfaction it's it's rejection as soon as your body starts to actually actively reject your inputting them then you know well i guess i should taper off but we'd gone to this big gala a couple weeks ago. We hadn't seen Paul. That's why Melissa and Paul got in the big conversation. We hadn't seen Paul since the fancy gala. See, the school has a big gala, and they even call it that, a gala, every year. And we have not gone ever. Every year, we just decided we're not going. And, and because part of the gala, I guess, was, you know, we heard that, you know, it's kind of a fundraising thing. So there's, there are all these auctions, you know what I mean? It's just everybody gets dressed up and there's drinking and it just always looked like it was for someone else and not us. And then somehow our friends, Paul being one of them, Paul and his wife and Jans and his wife and a couple, somehow we, like in an effort to be normal, decided we would also go to the gala. But because we had kind of dragged our feet, how did this work? I forget, but Melissa and I had donated a couple of auction items, auction items, for the auction to raise the money for the school. See, now my big auction item was, you know, give someone acting lessons for an afternoon or some ridiculous, pointless and completely worthless thing like that. So 
we um but yeah we just got it in our heads that we should go so we ended up though so so we went no idea how to dress i always have seen pictures of women and you know the, the women are going to wear tight dresses and heels and right the whole thing and the, i don't know what guys guys wear just you know normal stuff so i had i wore my suit and melissa I had recommended this shirt that I got that was this very kind of almost turquoisey color. It, it hurts my eyes a little bit to look at it, to tell you the truth. It looks good. It's a good-looking shirt. Don't get me wrong. But if you looked at it too long, you might get brain damage or something. It's just it's one of those colors I'm not sure completely exists, you know, in nature. And then my wife said... You know, because she didn't want to spend a lot of money on a dress she was going to just wear once. You know, a lot of the rich ladies, they just can't wait. They can't wait to buy a new dress and new shoes to go to this thing. And she was like, F that. So she said, well, you know that skirt thing that I wore to your cousin's wedding? And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, sure, honey. Of course I remember that in gross detail. She said, well, I, I think I'm wearing that. And the theme was fire and ice. And see, my shirt was the ice. Okay. That's why it was that weird blue hurt your brain color because that's the apparently I was the ice and she was going to be the fire. So she says, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get a red. And I don't even remember if this is the word she used, but this is the word I'm going to use. Corset. And I'm going to wear a red corset. And with my black skirt, and then that'll be my fiery thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I didn't really think much of it because she said whatever she said, corset or whatever it was. And I don't even really remember the skirt she wore to my cousin's wedding. I remember, I, I, I guess I thought it was a dress at the time. So when she said it was a skirt, I didn't know what the hell is going on. I guess it was a skirt with a blouse that was kind of a see-through blouse, but then another thing under that that you were sort of see the outline of the smaller thing under the, you know, whatever. I don't, do you think I understand any of that? please. So, so she ordered, so she says, oh yeah, I'm going to order online. I'm going to order a couple of whatever these things are that she's going to wear these corset things. And I'm like, oh, okay. So the corsets come, the corsets are freaking corsets. So what this thing that she wore was like, um, I mean, that's just what it is. Of course it has a lot of strings in the back, you know, it's a little kind of a thick sort of thing. You kind of strap her in there like she's an Elizabethan, Elizabethan uh, bondage princess or something. I don't know what's happening. But it actually didn't look as kinky as this all might sound. Because really, I, you know, it sounds awesomely, awesomely kinky. For it to maybe wear like, hmm, you know what I mean? Latex pants and a black corset, some latex gloves to her elbow or something. It wasn't really even like that. You know, it was sort of like, oh, look how cute my wife looks in a red corset and a skirt. And I don't even remember what little booties she had, little boots, you know, little high heel boots or whatever. But she looked really good. She looked really good. But, she, you know, she's not, you know, she like, how do I put this? It was it wasn't that revealing. My wife is very small. So it wasn't like she had big knockers that were going to pop out of the course. You know what I mean? It was not in a pro pro in any way. It, when you write it out like, well, and then Melissa Weber wore a red corset with studs and str straps in the back and laced up the, you know what I mean? It, it, okay. It turns out the kinky sounding thing 
was very tasteful. And she looked really nice. She looked really beautiful. So um, so we went to the gala, you know, saw some friends, had some drinks, watched a lot of people bid on a lot of stuff. And some of our friends uh, had a hotel room in the hotel. They got a room so they could get a, you know, jump start on the evening. Now, I, uh, as you know, don't really drink that much, so I don't feel like I need to get a jump start on anything. I am basically trying to nurse one drink, maybe two drinks all night just so as to not seem like a weirdo, but also not fall asleep. So then they call us in for dinner, and we ended up sitting with our friends, uh, our friend Shannon and her husband. Shannon had helped organize the whole thing. And one of the... <laughs> and I don't even want to be there, man. I mean, listen, I, I like the school and I like the organizers and Shannon and I like our friends. But I didn't want to be there. I'm going to tell you right now. I didn't want to be there because I didn't want to be there because we're not going to bid on anything because we don't have money to bid on all this crap. And right. I, I don't want to be there. I just don't. I don't want to be. I'd rather be at home. The kids are with my grandpa with their grandparents. I'd rather be at home with my wife watching Silver Linings Playbook, eating some Froyo maybe make out or something on the sofa. I don't know. But to be uh, just whatever. But we end up sitting with Shannon. But because Shannon helped organize part of the auction part of it, she is sitting at the table exactly in the middle, in the front of the room. So, it, right, if you if you orient the room based on where the dance floor stage is, we are sitting in the middle, in the front. And when I sit down, the, the only chair that's kind of logical for me to sit in is the one in the middle, in the front. So I, the last guy really honestly on earth that wants to be, I'm sitting in. So when they start the actual auction and the head of school and all the other people, they're on the stagey dance floor area. I have to turn my chair around or I will have my back to them and I'm literally right there. So they're, they're all excited because they're trying to make some money. I, I didn't realize that part of being the head of a school of a private, uh, you know, elementary and middle school was to be an auctioneer and a kind of a, you know, showman. Didn't realize that was part of the job. Did a great job, but I'm just saying it was just kind of surreal. Like, don't you keep, teach our kids? Why are you running... Some sort of, uh, but I guess that's the game. That's the game, right? So the first thing they do, hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the thing, and this is the gala, and we're gonna raise some money, and blah, 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 blah. but back by popular demand, ladies and gentlemen, is Sofia Garcia Rodriguez, and so Sofia Garcia Rodriguez gets up, and everybody starts applying, plotting, and she gets up from one of the tables. And she comes to the stage dance floor. And some music begins to play. And it's the music to an Adele song. I think it was Set Fire to the Rain or something. And she proceeds to sing. Sofia Garcia Ramirez, whatever her name was, she starts to sing. Now listen, uh, she has a nice voice. She's a lovely woman. But I, th I, I think she's one of the moms. So, so suddenly one of the moms is singing a song, like with all her heart, is singing. One oh, there goes the 
garage door. And like I say, I think she did a great job, except that one of my rules, and I, and I formulated this rule while we, when we used to watch American Idol, you don't sing an Adele song. Right? Unless you're about eight years old, or you're Adele, or you're maybe a guy in an alt-rock band and you're doing some semi-ironic version of whatever, Chasing Pavements. I don't, just You don't do Adele. You don't do Whitney Houston. You don't do Mariah Carey. You don't do Streisand. You don't do Adele. You just don't. You just don't. And she's doing Adele, and I'm sitting there front row center watching this woman sing to a karaoke track. And everybody applauds, and I'm glad that's over. Little did I know. So I I start wondering, so is this going to be kind of a talent show too? Like are a bunch of women going to start to come up and sing now? Is this some sort of, you know, thing or whatever? Well, so then they say, and maybe this is normal. Maybe this would seem normal to me if whatever. And may, or maybe this is just an, a Los Angeles thing because I, I need you to kind of dial me in on this. Because I can't imagine this happening at a school where I grew up. And I sort of can't imagine because I have friends in Manhattan. We have friends in Manhattan. And... um like I'm trying to picture our friends in Manhattan going to something like this and this happening. And it's not that big a deal, but I just, I, I don't, because my wife would never do something like this, I can't picture it. And this is what it was. So ladies and gentlemen, next we've got the special gala dancers that are going to perform for you. So ladies and gentlemen, here they are, this year's uh, gala dancers. And so now let's say... 10. 10 women go on to the stage dance floor. It's a dance floor. So they're really not on a stage, okay? They're five feet from me, front row center on the dance floor. And they are 10 or whatever of the moms. So these are women. Are they all moms? Yeah, they're all moms. I wanted to make sure they weren't like st staff or whatever. These are the moms, okay, of the kids, in a school that goes from kindergarten to eighth grade. And they're all in, you know, kind of tight clothing and heels and whatnot. And a song starts playing. And I, I apologize. I can't remember what the song was. And it was actually a couple of songs. And I I would tell you the songs if I could. But I, I part of my brain just shut down as soon as this started. Because they did. they started to do a dance. They started to do a dance. I, I, mean, I don't even know what to liken it to. They started to do a sexy dance. So this eight or ten women, these moms, and I keep having to say that because that's how I was reacting to them. I'm five feet away from ten moms doing a sexy dance. Thirty, I mean, I'm trying to be generous here. Mid-thirties to mid-forties moms mid 30 40 to 50 year old moms maybe i don't know and it's not even their age so much as that they're moms that they're moms that we like why are you trying to be sexy what the hell is going on and i'm not and i'm not insinuating in any way 
that a 35 to 50 year old woman can't be sexy. I'm just wondering why they're trying to be sexy in front of me right now together rhythmically to music. You being sexy is not for me. You being sexy is for you, maybe your husband or your boyfriend or a guy that you want to be your husband or your boyfriend or whatever, but just this weird kind of, I I don't, I mean, is that normal? Is that just a normal thing and I just don't get it? You know what I mean? Because listen, I don't get it either when women get all dressed up to go out together each other and then they, right, they all dance together and kind of validate the crap out of each other for a couple hours over cocktails. Those kind of, that kind of bullshit sex in the city fantasy thing that get, gets going on. So this dance is going on, and and I'm not joking. They danced for two or three songs. Hopefully they were cut together. It seemed like full songs. And they're all trying to be sexy, and they're kind of like, it's not sexy like total stripper sexy. It was like really toned down sexy, but it was still sexy. It was still, it wasn't like cheerleading. It was, we're doing a sexy dance, and we're looking you in the eye, and we're all a little bit embarrassed, but not embarrassed enough. Some of us are completely not embarrassed. A couple of them are a little bit hesitant. But really, honestly, it was just like, why are you doing this? Because no matter how long or how well you do this dance, you're still a 40-year-old mom. And there's nothing wrong with it. We don't hold it against you. I used to think you were like a hot mom, and now I think you're a kind of uh, attention-starved mom. I really do. Because, see, I... It's not that I don't want to see you doing a sexy dance. I don't want to be seen seeing you do a sexy dance. Maybe that's the part that I'm really having trouble with. It's not that I don't want to see you dance sexy. I want to just see it from the corner. I want to hide and voyeuristically watch you dance sexy. I don't want you to publicly just out there for everyone to see dance sexy while I feel like I'm on the edge of that stage spotlight where I'm like, where should my eyes be right now? Because, yes, would I would I enjoy watching a videotape of them doing that dance? Yeah, probably. If I was watching it on YouTube or whatever, or Hot Moms Do a Sexy Dance.com or what, what, wherever I would have to go to see that, yeah, I probably would be like, oh, my God, look at her. She's got to be 40 and she looks fine. You know, right? Like that. That would be fine. But I'm sitting there with my wife and Shannon and her husband and the head of school is five feet away and I'm at the edge of the stage and they're all doing a sexy dance and I'm like, where are we supposed to be looking? Are we supposed to be clapping and encouraging them to do this or should we be shaming them into therapy? It's obvious. I know it's my hang up. I know. But does this happen? Does that happen in normal society? Like in Rochester, New York right now, when they have a fundraiser for the Fairport Central School District in Monroe County. I mean, is this what happens that all the cheerleaders get together that I went to school with who, trust me, are 25 pounds heavier than these women? I mean, I'm not saying that these women didn't have the goods to do this dance. I'm saying these... These women are all, this is the west side of Los Angeles. You don't understand. These women do, uh, honestly, without exaggeration, have the same bodies they had, if not better, than when they were 25. I'm not, that, that is to, let's not confuse things here. I, I'm not objecting to the fact that it was a bunch of middle-aged women well beyond their prime doing a sexy dance. These women are in tip-top shape. They look fantastic. 
They've been doing aerobics and Pilates and weightlifting and butt crunches and all that stuff. These are fabulous specimens of American middle age. I'm just saying that because I know them off stage as moms, I'm not sure how comfortable I can be with this. I needed to be voyeuristic or I needed to not happen. It's just not right. I felt entrapped and sexually assaulted by your gorgiosity. Listen, I know you're hot. I know you're hot. You're hot. I admit it. I know you're hot. I've seen you at the assemblies. I've seen you at the assemblies. I know you're very hot for your age. I know you have two kids. It's fantastic. Well done. Good for you. Put this on videotape and upload it. I will watch it all day long. I just don't want to be sitting here now watching it in real life. It's, I feel scummy. I know. It's my hang-up, isn't it, doctor? I know. I know. I know. Maybe you're perfectly comfortable doing that stuff, too. And maybe it's just because my wife is very um, reserved. My wife my wife does not need to prove to anyone that she is can get by on her looks because she's never had any desire to get by on her looks. So maybe that's why I have this weird thing of like, why are you all guys like shoving your looks in my face? You shove your looks in my face all day long. Why are you super shove? Why have you all gotten together to play this song and shove your looks in my face for five or 10 minutes? Why are you doing this? It's me, isn't it, doctor? I knew it. Again, I would buy it on DVD. So so that was the gallop. People spent sick amounts of money. Uh, but thank goodness, because the school uh, n- needs it, gets it. I, you know, I don't know. Just love to see alpha guys out try to outbid each other on useless, like, you can go to a Dodger game and one of the players will sign a bat for you. Can we hear $6,000, eight to $10,000, $12,000? Oh, my God, are you nuts? Twelve grand to go to a baseball game? Yeah, that'll happen. But that was it. Then my, my wife and I went home. By the time we got home, because we then, you know, after the thing, we went upstairs to Paul. You know, Paul had that room. Up, was it Paul or was it Jance? Had the room upstairs? I don't know. Um, we went up there for a while and, you know, stood around. And I was just like, this is what normal people do, right? We have to go up here and stand around up here now before we're allowed to go. We don't seem like squares. And next thing you know, it's two in the morning or whatever it is. Luckily, we got up early. Not early, but we got up at a normal time and um, had some breakfast. And then we, we watched, I had a screener of Silver Linings Playbook. Have you seen that movie yet? Is very good. Jennifer Lawrence, wonderful actor. Wonderful actor and can really uh, shake her booty, which I'm very happy to hear and see. And again, not her. it's not her youth that makes me comfortable with it. It was the fact that it was on my television and that she wasn't just standing there five feet away. Trust me, if Jennifer Lawrence was five feet away from me trying to shake her booty in my face and I'm sitting right there with my wife and some bad hotel chicken, I wouldn't be comfortable with her either. Right? It's not that it's the it's not that the age it's not the age it's the partly the momness. Let's break this down. I think it's mostly the momness, but it's really the proximity. Because honestly, if it had been Jennifer Lawrence and Anne Hathaway, 
and like Jennifer Love Hewitt or something shaking their butts. Maybe, uh, you know, Elizabeth Banks shaking her butt. I still would have been like, why can't we watch this later from the cloakroom? Why can't I put on a trench coat and have binoculars and just hide behind the busboys and watch this? I don't want to be sitting front row center. This is too, this is too weird, man. How long have I been yelling at you? Oh, I'm clicking. If I click this thing the right number of times. Oh, gosh. Okay. Well, I'll tell you about the job thing. I'll just tell you a shorter. I'll try to draw it out. <laughs> so the so that next morning, my um, I got an email from this friend of ours that Melissa works with quite a bit named Charlie. And Charlie said, hey, you know, there's this um, web series that's looking for somebody that can write and also do voiceover. And uh, I thought of you. I should hook you up with these guys if you're interested. And, of course, I wrote Charlie, but I was like, yes, please. So I, I spent literally the next, I don't even know how many days, crafting a resume. You've done that, right? Where you have to kind of jump into action and craft a resume because every potential job needs its own resume. You kind of take all the weird, disparate, or maybe you don't have to. I, I've had such a weird quote-unquote career you know what I mean I have to I'm pulling things from here and from there and kind of weaving them together whatever and writing samples and this and that and trying to get right really present myself as yes I could come in I could come in and write your web series and I could do the voice of the web series here's my voice I had to make sure I had a, a voiceover demo reel that I liked so I had to take my old one and take some stuff out, put some stuff in. I don't really have an old, I, I don't even really have one. I have one that I cobbled together that is sort of okay-ish. Package that all up and send it out with a cleverish-ish cover letter, which means email, because everything's digital now. I almost just threw up in my mouth. And they had me come in for an interview. And I didn't know what to wear. And I'm always very full of anxiety about what to wear. And Melissa said, oh, you should wear this and with this. And I tried that on and it just was so uncomfortable. And the shirt was too stiff or something. And it was popping out of my sport jacket because she thought I should wear a sport jacket. Now, you know, I hate to wear a sport jacket. But she she, she kept saying, yeah, but, you know, they're going to want to hire an adult. And you are an adult. You're your age. <laughs> Let's face it. You should be able to wear a sport jacket every once in a while. So I ended up trying on what she had suggested and that didn't work because the shirt was this black shirt it should I mean in theory it should have looked great it should have looked it should have looked fan effing tastic but it just the shirt was just everywhere and so I tried it with a polo shirt and it looked less like the shirt was everywhere but it just looked bad because I don't like polo shirts with a jacket but I was running out of time because I didn't plan it three days ahead like a normal person probably should I'll never learn I always am full of anxiety about what to wear and I never plan so I went with the stupid polo shirt and the sport jacket and so I go over there it's all the way up in Hollywood this job now what this job is as it turns out I mean I knew what it was and I'd seen some episodes but what it is, it's a web series, and I'm not going to get the job, so I'm not going to tell you what it is. It's a daily web series that is produced by this huge entertainment company in their digital department. They do TV shows and movies and digital stuff. So it's produced by, it would be a huge company where it would be awesome. And then it's sort of produced 
or owned or spearheaded or whatever by a gigantic, like not Google gigantic, but that neighborhood company. And then it's sponsored every day by a big car. Co- right? It's this big, it's big thing. And I Google it and they're like, this is the most successful show that the company that's not Google has online right now. And it's been going on for uh, 700 episodes and they're going to keep going and it's going to be awesome. And this is an awesome show and yada, yada, yada. So I'm like, oh my God, this is real. Like, this is a real gig. I, this, uh, Wow. And Charlie threw a money number at me. And I was like, that's kind of real money. That's like real money. If I could get this job, Melissa could quit her job. I could, I mean, not forever. She, she'd have to freelance. But, but I mean, I would actually be contributing in a substantial way to this family. What would that be like? So I go over there for the interview and it's pouring rain or it's about to pour rain. It's not pouring rain yet, but it's about to pour rain, which is in it's L.A. And that's kind of weird because it really rains so rarely here that when it's raining, it's just weird. And I'm running out of battery power and it's three o'clock, so I got to wrap this up. But so I go in, I meet the two producers. They're wonderful people. Really nice. And we so we sit down and they each have a copy of my the resume that I've sent them in front of them, printed out. But I sit down in there and I realize that I have not been to a job interview in so long. I don't even know what year it would have been that I last interviewed for a job. You know what I mean? Like the closest thing I've had to job interviews, we can't count auditions. I went to NBC one time so they could see if I was crazy or not just because I was a comedian and they thought, you know, that just was like a general like, Hey, how you doing? We're NBC. Okay, good. Bye. All right, get out. Bye. And then when I did a thing where I pitched a web series that this company, you know, DreamWorks was going to do or whatever, that wasn't really an interview because they wanted the show. See, the show, they had already wanted the show. So they just wanted to make sure I wasn't insane. It wasn't like that. This was an actual job. I haven't had, I hadn't had a job interview since what, the early 90s? So I go in there and sit down and they're like, hey, so what have you been up to lately? And I did not really, I mean, I, I answered. I don't know what I said. I wasn't ready for that question. And I know that's ridiculous. It's absolutely insane. What have you been up to lately? My first, my first impulse is to say, well, did you read my resume? And I had already talked to Melissa about this because she went through the same thing. It's like people don't read your resume or if they do read your resume, they still want you to kind of pitch yourself. You still got to like do the thing. You've got to go into elevator mode and just be like, well, recently I've been producing this and I produce this. I have my own podcast and it's been like this and it's been like this and it's been like this. But you need to have a spiel, man. You need to have a couple of minutes of solid self-promotional monologue to just go. And they're like, what have you been doing recently? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Recently, like how recently? You mean like the thing? Because my freaking resume says it all. I worked on that thing for a day and a half. It has everything down there. It's concise. It's clear. It's fun. It's positive. It should be impressive as hell. That should be what got me in here. So why are we why are we starting with that question? What have you been doing recently? I've been producing my podcast. I produce and do the voiceover for another podcast. It's it's right sponsored by Liberty Mutual. It's a sports thing. You know that. I, I, I wrote a book. I'm going to be in a book. It's going to be out in a couple of months. I mean, really, why are we having this conversation? Can you just give me the job so I can make normal money? 
so I can actually have some self-respect? Can we just get on to the next part where you love me and I'm coming to work every day and we're all friends and we go out to drink, have drinks once a week or whatever after work? Can we just, can we get to that part? So I do think it went well. I think we got along great. Don't get me wrong, because you know me, I put, I am negative about everything. So if you're my wife and you're listening to this, I didn't blow it, honey. I'm just saying that I think I blew it. Because I, I, I have no interview skills whatsoever. You know, I, because to me, this, like if someone asks me a question, I answer like I would answer you, not how I should answer someone who wants to hire someone, right? That's what they want. They want to hire someone. They don't want some crazy guy being entertaining in a monologue. They want to hire some normal, rational adult that can deliver whatever they need delivered. What have you been doing lately? That was the most confusing question I had ever heard because there's no, like, what is that? Uh, I don't know. I drive my, I drove my kids to school and then I showered and shaved. I fought with myself about what to wear and then I drove over here. That's what I've been doing lately. Everything else is on the resume, honey. On the resume. The podcasting, the books, the thing, the acting, voiceover work. You heard my reel. You saw my thing. You got my resume. You got the thing. What have I been doing lately? Honestly, I've been sweating this moment right here. Alright, that's it for the this episode of The Bitterest Pill. I don't think I got the job. It would be cool if I did. It'd be really cool. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. But it, but the, that whole experience did make me realize that I need to. Um, I really do. I think need to try to get a uh, like a new media writing job of some kind because clearly I would be excited about that. I was very excited about the prospect of having an actual job job, which was kind of scary. But I was really excited about like having a job. I didn't care about the commute or the hours or anything like that or the upheaval to the family or whatever. Just like no, I could hold my head up high. I mean, that would have been a great job for me. Really great job. And it's really a shame that um if it doesn't that it's not it doesn't feel like it's working out. Cuz I think it would have it would actually have been a perfect fit, but I just um between the stupid polo shirt under the sport jacket and um yeah, I just don't, you know, it's 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 hard to speed date. Speed dating is hard. I don't know. Anyway, listen, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading the Bitters to Pill. Um, if you have not yet, please sign up for the mailing list at thebitterspill.com so you can get notifications when these shows are coming out. Okay. Anyway, listen, thanks a lot. I got to run. I will talk to you very soon. Uh, hasta la vista, baby. The Bitters Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004. That's... 